Well, if you weren't here last Sunday night, we started a new series entitling it, We Can't Lose with the Weapons We Use. And again, if you weren't here, I encourage you to get the CD, go online and listen to it. We began last week and we covered the Word of God. Amen? The Sword of the Spirit. If we have a theme scripture for this series, it would be 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. So let's just kind of look at that again and read out of the Amplified. For though we walk and live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are, say that part with me, mighty before God for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. So it is our right and our privilege as believers to use the weapons of our warfare that have been given unto us through the wonderful work of salvation, the wonderful work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And really, we are in the Lord's army. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and salute them? You're in the Lord's army. Amen. And any good soldier has to be familiar and trained with their weapons. I have a lot of folks in my family that have been in the military. One nephew-in-law, I guess he would be a nephew-in-law, married to my niece, is still in the military. But I remember in particular that my brother's uh, uh, son, Ricky Jr., when he was, uh, he went in right after 9-11 and he served as either three or four tours in Iraq. And I remember one of the things that he talked about when they first get there is they just drill them and drill them on the importance of knowing how to use their weapon. They have to take it apart. They have to clean it. They probably, I think they sleep with it. They have to know how to use their weapons. And he, he, uh, became a sergeant and it was kind of, it was his responsibility, not just to know how to use the weapon for his own safety, but the life and death many times of the people under him depended on how well he knew how to use his weapons and how well he trained his uh, platoon to use his weapons. So we, as believers, we need to be trained. We need to be equipped in knowledge of these weapons that God has given to us. Like I said, last week we started out talking about the Word of God. We can't go into review of all of that, but tonight we're going to continue and we're going to talk about the name. His name. Now, if you study in the Bible, particularly like in the Old Testament, people named their kids for a reason. And names meant something. Like, for instance, Jabez. You may have heard of the prayer of Jabez. Well, his name actually meant 
sorrow. We, I think probably his mom had a real long labor and she said, I'm going to get even with you, dude. I'm going to name you sorrow. So he got fed up with being called sorrow. You know his story. And he said, I'm fed up. And he cried out to the Lord. So hopefully, you know, you didn't name your kid something really bad or dumb or, or, you know, you don't know somebody that's named Goober or Gomer or something, you know, that's not good because names do carry a meaning to them. For instance, my husband, Mark, means warrior. Yay. But guess what Brenda means? Fiery one. So, if you got a warrior and you got a fiery one, you could have a combustible relationship. Which we do, but in a good way. We ignite and we spark each other. So that's a good thing, right? Right? Warrior one. Most of the time. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. We aren't church. church, church. We aren't church. Tell the truth. Anyhow. But no matter what your name is or what your name may mean, there's no name given under heaven like the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the authority and the power invested in that wonderful name. If you study even the story of Christmas, when Jesus was coming into the earth, of course, we know the story, the side, Mary's side of the story, but there was another person involved and his name was Joseph and he was betrothed to Mary, Mary, Mary. And you know, he was not happy, I'm sure, when he found out that she was with child. Immediately, he knew there's no way that this was his child. And so he's contemplating, what am I going to do? And the Lord showed up to him in a vision and confirmed to him to marry Mary and also told him who Jesus was and would be. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, just a little bit of what the angel in the dream said to Joseph, she shall bring forth the son. You shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So he was told that Jesus would be the Messiah. He would be the Savior and the Deliverer of his people. And Jesus is the only name where salvation and deliverance and healing come from. That's confirmed in Acts chapter 4 verse 12 out of the Amplified. And there is salvation in and through No one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by and in which we must be saved. The very name of Jesus is connected with salvation. There's no other name that people can call on and be born again and be assured that they have entrance into heaven. Jesus is not one name among many other names. He's not one Lord and Savior among many other gods. Jesus said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am the way. A way. 
If there are not multiple roads and choices that lead to heaven. You may have heard this. Some people say, it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you are sincere. You'll make it to heaven. Has anybody ever heard that? It doesn't matter what you believe. Just as long as you believe something and you believe in a God. Well, let me just clarify that for you so there's no misunderstanding. My spiritual father, Kenneth E. Hagin, said it like this. That's bunk and baloney. <laughs> Not sure what that means, but I think it means, you know, it's ridiculous. That's bunk and baloney. We are not to be so open-minded that all of our brains fall out. There's so much political correctness in the world. You can't say this. You can't do that. You can't offend anybody and all of this stuff. We are here to love people. And we don't have to be mean. We don't have to be confrontational. We don't have to be argumentative. We, we, but we do need to love people enough to tell them the truth. Jesus is the only name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. So we pray, we pray for open hearts and we pray for entrance into people's lives and we pray for the right word at the right time. But folks, it's the truth that sets people free. It's the truth that saves people from eternity without God condemned and in that awful place. Jesus is the only name through which men might be saved. Amen. And all that we are, all that we have, all that we will ever be is through the power and the authority of his wonderful, precious names. As believers tonight, even I want to hope to inspire and reignite in all of our hearts, a deeper reverence and an honor for his name. As a matter of fact, just lift your hands with me right now. And let's just say, Jesus, we honor you. Precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ is to be praised. Amen. There's power and there's authority in his name that we can use as a weapon. Has anyone in here ever heard of a gentleman by the name of David Ingalls? I'm dating myself way back. He was, he was in the, the Rama camp where, you know, we went to school and Rama singers and band actually recorded one of his songs. One of his songs that I love is, is entitled that name. You can find it on YouTube if you want to. The tune's a little hokey and outdated, but the words are great. He acquired his name by inheritance divinely begotten of love his name was bestowed upon him from the heart of our father god and having spoiled principalities and powers he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it he has given that name to me god has given him a name above every name and seated him at the father's right hand. Jesus gave us the key to pray effect effectively and the use of his name to command. 
with the court of high heaven watching over me. In the presence of God I can stand. Jesus gave me authority to pray in that name since I'm a new creation in him. Wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. His name is known in heaven. That name was kept for only him and conferred upon him only the one who would merit it. Let's look over in Philippians chapter 2. This is a wonderful scripture about his name. Verse 9 of Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, God also has highly, everybody say highly, highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Don't you love it? God has given him the name above every name. He has highly exalted him. Strong said this phrase, highly exalted, it suggests an exaltation to the highest position. And it's also connected with the word hooper, which means over, an elevation above all others. God gave him the name above Every name. Hallelujah. The name of him and his, his name and him are one. You and your name are one. You don't look at Pastor Mark and go, well, you know, well, his head's name is Henry and his body's name is Mark. Know him and his name are one. We are one with him and his name is in us. His name has been given unto us. And this verse said at his name, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. Not just in earth, but in three realms, in every realm, in heaven and earth and hell. Heaven stands at attention when we mention his name. Hell trembles at the very mention of the name of Jesus. And then he seated him, it says. He has highly exalted him. And he has seated him far above all principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Jesus has been given a place of authority. And he has given that to us. Blessed be the wonderful name of Jesus. What Jesus has given us, what he has done for us is like him giving you a signed check. Wouldn't it be awesome if somebody said, I'm going to sign this check for you. You fill in your name. You fill in the amount. It's unlimited. You go shopping. There's so much in my account. You can go buy a house if you wanted. Now that's pretty awesome, isn't it? A signed check, blank check. That's really what Jesus has given to us. 
God raised him up. And then he said, what God has done in, in and through me, I'm given to you. Here, he said, use my name. Glory be to God. We're authorized dealers, like Pastor said today. And he read this scripture, which I want to read again tonight in Matthew chapter 28. We'll begin at verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. (coughs) Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things and that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Some Christians read this passage and they say, oh, thank God, Jesus has power and authority over the devil. That's so wonderful. He can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And they kind of take on this attitude. It's all up to him what happens in my life. God gave him the authority. That's not true. As soon as this, as God said to Jesus, I've given you this authority. What did Jesus do with it? He authorized us to go in his name. Again, pastor did a great message this morning. You need to get it authorized. We are authorized dealers of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be something if you showed up at a car dealership and you were expecting to get a BMW because that's what the sign said, authorized dealers of the BMW car. And you walk in and you start seeing cars all over the lot and you can tell that they're not BMWs, they're VWs, they're Volkswagens. And it looks like somebody just put a sticker over the VW and read it, written out a BMW and put a sticker over it. You would all of a sudden go, hey, these guys are not legit. They're not really authorized <coughs> dealers of BMWs. They are authorized dealers of VWs, pretending to be something that they're not. This is false advertising. I think that there's some churches that their sign out there might say believers. It might say Christians, It might say authorized dealers of the power of God. But you walk in and it's like sitting up with the dead. And you could accuse them of false advertisement. Not here. Not in this place. You and I are carriers of the power of God. We are users of the wonderful name of Jesus. And this is what we're going to do with his wonderful name. We're going to do what the Great Commission tells us to do with this power and with this authority. Mark chapter 16, famous passage of scripture known as the Great Commission, beginning in verse 17. These signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick 
and they will recover. Hallelujah. These are legitimate signs that are supposed to follow the believing ones. In my name, they shall cast out demons. We don't go looking for demons, but if one shows up, we don't run as in terror. We take the mighty name of Jesus and we say, come out in the name that is above every name. I've had that opportunity, man, many years ago, I was doing a a meeting in uh, Minnesota, as a matter of fact, a ladies meeting, and I was up at the front, and this woman came in, and she looked possessed, and it was kind of a small little ballroom area, nobody else could see her, and I kid you not, I started praying at the end of the message, and this woman started raising up off of her chair. It was a devil in manifestation. I did not run as in terror. I grabbed the pastor's wife and said, all right, we got something to take care of. You guys come up here and sing. We went back there and we cast that thing out of her. She quit levitating. She did lay out on the floor, but she was delivered. We have power in the mighty name of Jesus to cast out Devils, And if people wonder even about speaking in tongues, oh, it's speaking in tongues. Is it of the devil? Absolutely not. This is in red. And Jesus said, the believers will speak with new tongues. What's he talking about? He's talking about getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And with power, he's talking about Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You shall be endued with power from on high, and you shall be my witnesses. If you want signs following you, if you want to be a greater witness for Jesus, then get endued with power from on high. Speak in new heavenly tongues. Amen. And then he even said here, they will take up serpents. Now, don't be crazy and weird about it. You may have seen some of those documentary things on television. I've seen some years ago, people up in the hills of Tennessee or some, you know, not that we have anything against people in the hills of Tennessee. I came from the hills of Oklahoma. I know about country people, but we weren't crazy. And these people... Taking this scripture and handling snakes. And a lot of them dying, getting bit and dying and saying, okay, next, we need a new preacher. The last one was in sin. Apparently the snake bit him and he died. That's not what this is talking about. No, thank God. You know what the Bible refers to as the devil? That old serpent, the devil. We can cast him out. We can grab him by the neck and throw him to the ground and stomp on him if that's necessary. And if you are out in the wilderness somewhere, I know there's missionaries that have literally had to use this and a snake does bite them, then you can stand on the word. Nope, I'm not dying. In the name of Jesus, I got authority over that venom in the snake. If you have to drink any deadly thing, if you, not if you have to, but hey... Brother Raul, have you ever seen some interesting stuff that you've had to drink on the mission field? Maybe you didn't know what it was in it. You didn't know what they had mixed up with it. Well, speak the word, amen, (laughs) and declare, it's not going to hurt me. It's not going to harm me. We have power in the name 
of Jesus. Signs that will follow us. Verse 17 of Mark 16 in the American Standard Version actually says, These signs shall accompany the believing ones. What does it mean to accompany? Well, it means that that goes right along with me. Tonight, I accompanied Pastor Mark to church. You know, I usually he's usually in the car. This is kind of a thing in Sunday mornings. I'm like, bless my husband. I hear the garage door open. I hear the car starting and I'm not ready. So there's been some mornings that I'm like, is he leaving me? But no, he waits for me and I accompany him to church. Now, if he were to leave, I would have to come by myself. But thank God we came together tonight. Accompany means come right along with beside together so that tells us even more about these signs they're going to follow the preaching of the word but if you're a believer wherever you go they accompany you they go right alongside with you you don't have to look back 10 miles and say whoa where did that power go no that power is right there with you. You don't have to wonder, is the name of Jesus going to work for me today? No, the name of Jesus is with you. Hallelujah. He's in you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You don't have to wonder about where Jesus went. It's not like, where's Waldo trying to find Jesus? He's with you. He's in you. He's on you. He's for you. He's accompanying you wherever you go. You ought to realize that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. God lives in me. And wherever I go, he goes. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're not alone? He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. It's in his name that these signs and these wonders work for the believing ones. The name of the Lord is the name above disease. The name above turbulence. The name above storms. I like this scripture in Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Don't you love that? When attacks come, we can run to the tower, the strong tower, and be safe. How many of you ever played tag as a kid? When you played tag as a kid, what did you have? You had to have a base. And if you got to the base before they tagged you, what did you say? Safe. I'm safe. I got to the base. Man, when we would play tag out on the farm, we had a tree often was our base. And not only did I tag the base, but oh, I loved to climb trees. So I'd get to the base and I would climb all the way up to the top and not only yell safe, but look down and go, na, 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 na. 
You can't get me. That's what we ought to do to the devil. Run unto the tower of the name of the Lord. And you are safe in that place. And look down at him. Pastors mentioned this today as well. The devil is under our feet. If you have a message for the devil, write it on the bottom of your foot. He's not high and lifted up. God didn't give him a name that is highly exalted and above all other names. No, he's the lowest of the low. He's under our feet. And remind him of that. Go to the high place. Run unto the tower where you are safe. Glory be to God. And protected. This week, actually in Facebook, a little memory thing came. Came up, And it was a picture of when we were in Branson a few years ago, and it would have been this week. And we were with some friends of ours. Actually, it was pastors Ken and Lynette Hagen. They had a, a condo there down at Branson Landing, if any of you have ever been there. And while we were there, one night we were getting ready to go to bed, and Pastor Ken is watching the news. And the weather shows tornadoes all around Oklahoma and around the Tulsa area. So he's sitting there, and first of all, we heard him start saying this, In the name of Jesus, no tornado is going to come near Ramah, near our church, near our home, near our church family. I mean, he was speaking the word in the name of Jesus. And then he said, And no tornado is going to come nigh our dwelling here. Well, it was already late, so we go to bed, and we hadn't been in bed very long. We weren't asleep, and I hear this noise that I've heard as a kid. Anybody ever heard a tornado? It really does sound like a train. And there wasn't any train tracks there. So I hear this rumbling and this sounds like a train is coming. And then we hear from the other side of the condo, uh, Pastor Ken, he's up and he yells, Mark, it's a tornado. That's how you say it in Oklahoma, in Okie Talk. It's a tornado. It's a tornado. Get up. Well, my husband is so full of peace. He's like, yeah, you know, pastor's got it. I heard him confessing the word. He's out there speaking the word. I think I'll just stay in bed. Well, I get up and I go out there and pastor, all the power was out. And pastor and Lynette were out on their, their balcony and they're looking. There's a river down below and he's got this huge flashlight and all this debris is floating around in the river. And you can see on the hillside that there was some damage there. And well, we just decided to go back to bed. Well, it was early next morning, still no power. He wants us to get up and go survey the damage. So we get up. And we go downstairs and we know there's windows that are blown out in the car garage. There's windows that are blown out of the cars. And the biggest thing was right across the street from where we were was a big Hilton hotel. And the windows are all blown out of the hotels. You see curtains floating around out there. I mean, it. Well, what the reality that hit us was this, because there's a big fountain out there too. And that was hit was that Pastor Ken had not spoken the word. It looked like that tornado was on target for a direct hit at our building. 
But he said, in the name of Jesus, I'm speaking to you. You are not coming nigh our dwelling. And you could see the path of that thing. It did a turn. It hit, it didn't do, I mean, nobody was killed. Thank God there was absolutely no loss of life in Branson. There was some damage to the Hilton, this, that, and the other. But the good news is the name of Jesus was a strong tower of protection. And I know it turned that tornado and it did not come nigh us. There's power and there's authority in the wonderful name of Jesus. I remember another friend of ours years ago was having a Sunday night service and right when she was preaching she said this, I don't care if your house is on a major fault line for an earthquake. If you will declare the name of the Lord, it will not hurt or harm your family. Early in the morning, that very next early Monday morning is when that Northridge earthquake hit. And that one of the members that heard her say that it was shaking her house and she could hear her pastor's voice say, I don't care if you live on a fault line, it's not going to hurt or harm you or yours. And she began to speak the word, no damage, no hurt or harm to her house. Folks, what we're talking about is real. The name of Jesus is not like a a lucky charm or a little rabbit's foot that we carry around for good luck. No, his name is high above every name. And we need to be familiar with the weapons of our warfare and use them efficiently. Use, hallelujah, what's been invested in his name. Glory to God. Another scripture about the name of the Lord being strong. Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 34. Their redeemer is strong. Aren't you glad that the Bible doesn't say our our Redeemer is weak and defeated? No, our Redeemer is strong and our Redeemer liveth. Hallelujah. The Lord of hosts is his name. He will thoroughly plead their case that they may give rest to the land and disquiet the inhabitants of Babylon. Our Redeemer is strong and mighty. He's not a wimp. He threw the money changers out of the temple. He spoke to storms. He cast out demons. He stood up to religious leaders. And that's probably the scariest thing he had to do. But he stood up to them and he spoke the word. I like how this one phrase here and where we just read and disquiets the inhabitants of Babylon. That represents the world. Babylon, not in the covenant, but our redeemer is strong and he is mighty. And when we use his name, even the enemy is silenced. His name brings silence to the camp of the enemy. When we praise his name, the Bible says praise steals the 
enemy. And it says that our Redeemer, He is the, He is the leader of the mighty, mighty host. Who's that host that it's talking about? The angel armies. Glory be to God. Not only do we have Jesus with us, in us, for us, on our side, but he doesn't show up by himself. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the Lord of the angels' armies. And whatever is needed, and however many angels are needed to protect us and to deliver us, they're at our disposal. The Lord of hosts, mighty is his name. Glory to the name of Jesus. And so tonight we have come to exalt his name, to make much of the name of Jesus, to magnify his wonderful name. Psalms 34, the last scripture we're going to read says this, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. What does it mean to magnify something? Well, you know what it means. You take a magnifying glass and it makes something look bigger in size. It enlarges it. Well, the Lord is not going to get any bigger, any mightier than he already is. But you know, he can get bigger and mightier and be magnified in our thinking, in our eyes. We need to expand how we see him and how we view him and take the limits off of who he is and what he can do. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's make him bigger. Hallelujah. In our thinking, let's expand our vision of who he is and what he can do. Let's exalt the name of the Lord. Exalt means to raise him up on high, to lift him up bigger than any situation, bigger than any circumstance. Make much of the name of Jesus and he will make much of us. Now, when you came in tonight, did everybody get one of these little confession sheets? If you did not, you can raise your hand up. Okay. Hallelujah. I think everybody has one. So I want you to take it out. And what we're going to do is we are going to make, actually, let's stand up. We're going to make this confession about the name of Jesus together. And then once we make this confession, we're going to spend some time magnifying and exalting his name in worship. It's early. It's not even 730 yet. We have some time. Y'all still here? Don't leave. This is going to be awesome. As we worship him, we still have some other things to do. So everybody got your paper? All righty. We're going to read this together. Hallelujah. One, two, three, read. In the name of Jesus, I have authority over all the power of the enemy. 
In the name of Jesus, Satan, I break your power over my spirit, soul, and body, over any way that you would try to dominate me. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I know the truth. Jesus has defeated you. Demons, all evil spirits, and Satan himself are subject to the name of Jesus. For every knee should bow of things or beings in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. Heaven, earth, and hell know that God raised Jesus up from the dead and has seated him at his own right hand. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. And has given him the name above every name. And that name belongs to me. There's power in that name. There's glory in that name. There's majesty in that name. There's authority in that name. And I have a right to use that name. So Satan, be gone. Sickness, be gone. Pain, leave my body. All evil, leave me. I am free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now let's give him some glory. Magnify his name with me. Let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah.